0: Thank you for joining us. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Pure Hope Show. We are live and on the air tonight. So I'm going to give you a number in case you have any questions. Or if, indeed, you have helpful and holy comments, please feel free to call this number. It is one three five. Five nine two nine seven four. 2974 press the number one, and our program director will have you on the air with us. Our program tonight is called The Untethered Soul That Can Be Touched by the Energy of a Healer. So here we go. We will be talking about long-distance healing and how it works. I know in my uh, work that I do, I'm a channel and an intuitive, and many people come to me And they asked me to explain this to them about distant healing and how it works. And so I thought it would be great to have a gentle galactic soul speak to us about being a shaman who has the ability to heal from afar. I know that I have read in some cultures, and I would say many cultures, a person in the midst of a crisis or a heartache will consult with a shaman or a medicine man or perhaps a healing witch who holds an exalted place within their village. Uh, sometimes in Africa and different areas, they, they hold a very important place within the village. And the dictionary actually describes a shaman as a member of a certain tribal society who acts as a medium between the visible world and an invisible spirit world, who practices magic for purposes of healing and divination. So shamans are on a speaking term. And I love this about shamans because they are on speaking terms with all the spirits, the good, the friendly ones, the wrathful ones too. A shaman can lead a lost soul through the dark night of the soul into light because she knows the darkness as well as she knows the light. She who heals is our guest tonight. And her name is Reverend Jessica Aber. So tonight, as we talk together, we together, as Jessica and I have come together, we are going to be mixing in a chemical brew of transformation and healing energy for everyone. And I'm going to tell you how we did this. We already intentionally and consciously set up this room, set up this program to mix my energy with Reverend Jessica Aver's, um energy. And because she's a shaman who knows all that energy, we're going to be working with the elements of the world right now. So all of you who are listening to our program tonight and all of you who are going to be listening to this program, you are going to be receiving some very powerful energy. We also have the intention that we're going to set this out, send this out into the world Um, because we have some very powerful shamans here in our midst. And sometimes we, think that they should look a certain way. So Jessica may not look like a medicine man or a witch or a wise old woman, but there are but they are definitely in our midst. myths, and Jessica is one who is here at the Hope and Faith Center. Shamans also work, I would say incognito in hospitals or office buildings as well as wellness clinics. They have the same powers as if you would go to these villages and shamans that were there. Some shamans are doctors and therapists. They have the shaman touch. And you might even be living right next door to one in your own neighborhood. I know I myself know, have known nurses and midwives who have what I call very strong powers and how I've uh, seen them and worked with them and talked with them. That that shamanic energy that they have to do distant healing, it's kind of born out of many years spent in the underworld of birth and sickness and death and rebirth again. So tonight, like I say, all of you who have seen Jessica um, and know Jessica, uh, she may not look like a shaman healer, but she is. And she is here at the Hope Interface Center and we are blessed to have her working with us on so many events and happenings. Jessica has personally worked on me. I am very, very, very careful. On who I let work on me energetically because of the work that I have to do and being the director of the Hope Interface Center. She has also worked on family members for many years and has helped us out tremendously. So instead of reading a long bio, which I normally do about my guests, I'm just going to put her on the air with us tonight. So help me please welcome Reverend Jessica Aber to our program tonight. Hello, Jessica, are you there? Hello. Yes, I am here. Welcome, my love. Welcome, welcome, welcome. So what I just Thank read you for about having me. Yes, I love having you on the air because, you know, I had a lot of people ask me about distant healing. Even my husband is one of them and asking me, how does that work? So um, so that's what I wanted to talk about tonight. And one of the things that I know is that I read a book once that talked about um Uh, Another kind of shaman, a a kind of shaman that likes to call themselves a shaman lover, and I thought of you instantly when I was reading this, and Mm -hmm. this is what it said in the book. Um, It is said that this is a man or a woman whose destiny was to heal and to heal the heart sick with the sweetness of love and to give the gift of fire to those perhaps who lost their passion or perhaps their passion is frozen. And this is the type of shaman I've seen in you and I know about you, Jessica. Would you agree with that? Are you a shaman lover?
1: I personally love that term, shaman lover. Um, Yes, it really resonates with me. And um, I personally believe there is a a time and a place for, you know, all healers and all medicines of all kinds. And um, I feel that my specialty is working with um, gentle and heart-centered um, energy for the people who maybe uh, fall back into the shadows a little more.
0: Hmm. hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, because, you know, the first time I met you, um, your energy was um, very kind, uh, perhaps even a bit shy, uh, and, and very gentle. And I love it that you call yourself a, a gentle galactic energy field. And, um, You want to explain that a little bit? Why would you call yourself a gentle galactic soul?
1: Um, The galactic because I really resonate with the information coming out about star beings, and I feel like I've really connected with them over the years. And um, gentle, um, I guess I can't really think of any other way to um, explain um my my demeanor. Um it just kind of comes across as um like smooth or mellow and um rather than you know boisterous or whatnot.
0: hmm Well you know, we just had as Jessica knows, we just had here at the Hope Interface Center this wonderful, wonderful two day um experience of galactic information and guidance and um so do you personally, Jessica, believe that you come from the stars? I know that at the, at the conference they talked about everybody comes from the stars. But do you believe that you come from the stars? Oh, yes, for sure. Mhm, mm-hmm. So let's talk about um, distant healing and how that works. Do you want to explain to our listeners tonight how distant healing works?
1: Okay, so... Um... Starting out with the basics, um, everything is energy and everything carries its unique vibration. And so it and we are all connected like in a um, big universal orchestra or tapestry. And when I do Reiki, um, the Reiki serves as a tool for me to dial into someone else's vibration. And um, it's as if the barrier of space is then bypassed and we are connected in oneness. So I can send Reiki to anybody, any place, anything, you know, in, in the universe, essentially, um, if, if I set my intent to connect with it.
0: Mhm. Mm-hmm. How did you get trained in the field of healing? Okay. That's a long story.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, I
1: started out with doing a lot of research on my own. Um in my two thousand five wave of spiritual opening, um I started to get to know my own energy system and moving energy through my body. Um I read a lot on the internet and in books. I played around with energy with like minded friends as well. Um, fast forward to two thousand eleven, um my husband was at work and um a lovely woman happened to be giving a little presentation on reiki there and he remembered that i was learning meridians and stuff and so he came home and said hey hun um there's this opportunity to learn reiki and would you like to you know take this person up on it and so I did, and Deb Juberian initiated me into Usui Reiki, and then after that, I kept running into her in other places too, such as the Hope Interfaith Center. So, everything in divine order, and everything in connection and stuff. Um, and then um, my adventure, you know, continued into 2013. Um, the universe sent a shaman my way through Facebook. And so I trained with Sherry of Soul Speak Communications. It was a um, Shamanism 101 and Intuitive Development course. And after the course was over, I continued to receive her mentorship and had the privilege of going deeper into her dream interpretation with another course of hers. And um, because we do an incredible amount of healing in dreams, And um, when I receive messages doing Reiki, I often can apply the dream interpretation um, to those messages. And um, the last bit, (laughs) I also took your leadership class here at the HIC and was ordained in 2015. And I also use a lot of information and tools um, from the leadership program in my work. So thank you for being that part of my journey
0: you are so welcome you know we have written up here uh, jessica on you that your spiritual journey began at the age of nine with an interest in all things paranormal you know that's not usually typical for a nine-year-old why do you think that that happened for you or to you
1: Well, um, one thing I have learned in my shaman training is that a lot of people receive a walk-in around the age of nine or eight Hmm. or sometimes even as young as seven. and um, And that's kind of a tender age for this individual to decide if they are going to pursue a life of a spiritual focus or a life of a more mundane purpose. And my soul, um, it chose the spiritual, and this, um, and so I was, you know, my curiosity was sparked by, you know, everything unexplained. And um, I, I'm one of those people who had to cultivate my intuition. Intuition. I didn't really grow up talking to dead people, <laughs>
2: mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. so I think
1: this was. This was my soul's
0: yearning to to get that figured out. Hmm. Hmm. So you know that you had a, a, a walk in around the age of nine, then.
1: Yes, indeed.
0: Okay. Okay. Do you do you know? I know that you know this. Is not necessarily your topic, but do you want to explain to the guests that are listening what a soul merge or a walk in is okay um
1: my personal understanding <laughs> <laughs> of a walk in and i'm and i know all sorts of different people have um different definitions of what a walk in is and what it entails and um so so my view of it is that um as we're um learning our, our life lessons and pursuing our purposes and stuff, um, sometimes um, we, we need little upgrades here and there. And so the walk-in is another soul that kind of comes into our being to help us out with the next steps.
0: hmm hmm Yeah, and this even happens on a consciousness level on a cellular level. Oftentimes um, even the cells within the body changes with that level of consciousness that comes in. For sure. And is it is that a higher vibration than that, a higher vibration of a soul that comes in, or is this a soul contract then, do you think?
1: Yep, it's always um, by contract, and um, the new soul is always a higher vibration than the previous one.
0: hmm hmm And do you think you've only had one walk-in, or have you had more walk-ins since... Oh, um, I
1: know I've had more walk ins since then.
0: <laughs> okay. 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 And can can you feel when you had that walk in? Did um you know, sometimes they talk about soul merging with different aspects of the self. Do you so do you think in other lifetimes or in your oversoul that you've kind of merged with the the shaman that you are, the distant healing that you are? Do you think that's what was happening when you said that you had to Kind of learn or retrieve how to be intuitive. Maybe it was just the uh, embrainment or soul merging with that part of you.
1: I I feel that is very likely. Yes.
0: Mhm. Because I know that, um, um, Carrie Chapman was just here, um, Reverend Carrie mm-hmm. Chapman, and she talks about the twelve aspects, or even she says there's 144 aspects of the Oversoul, which is a higher vibration of us that comes down personally into our physical body. So to me, it feels, even as I watched you over the last few years, I see that you have, in many ways, a soul braid or the soul merge with these higher aspects of the self. And um, so you become more confident, more sure of who you are and your abilities. But I don't think that comes from the teacher. I think that comes... (laughs) from the soul merge of your oversoul that's coming down into you.
2: So I, I congratulate you, thank
0: you, you on that. Yeah, I congratulate you on that. So, so um, as I told each person, um, was told that each person on the planet came to release their shadow self so they can triumph in living and creating a new life Can you explain to our guests who are listening um, what the shadow self is?
1: Okay. I personally view the shadow self as aspects of oneself that do not serve one's highest good. Often these aspects are difficult for one to look at, and sometimes one might not even be conscious that they're there. And these include um, some deep spiritual wounds. Um, They include worldviews, belief systems, um, a tendency for knee-jerk reactions, defense mechanisms, and so on and so forth.
2: Hmm. Hmm. Well,
0: when you're working with people, do do you call in their guides to help you with the shadow self? Do you call in your guides? Who are you actually working with when you're doing this type of work? Okay, that's
1: something that kind of evolved over the years as I've done Reiki. Um, I started out by um, calling in specific um, deities and saints and such. And then I just kind of moved into calling in all the creators of love and light. I figured, why limit myself and so as I'm working on someone I feel like I'm receiving messages from my own guides. Sometimes I receive messages from their guides. And um and also I, you know, sometimes feel I'm like communicating with um, saints and, and angels and the rays and um and other um forces and beings.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I know that um you know, for me, as you're talking and as I'm talking to you and with you, is um, they're showing me right now, like emptying a closet of, of our old clothes, you know, to to Great. allow the soul the soul braiding to come in or their higher aspects of the self. Is that how you kind of see it when you take them, the shadow side away or help them remove the, the sure. shadow?
1: Yes. Hmm. Yes, we're um, uh, we're um bringing some
0: of their denser energies to light
1: and transmuting mm-hmm, them.
0: Mhm. Mhm. So, as you probably know, I don't speak a lot about it, but the first part of my life, I did a lot of um dream work as well and um studied Carl Jung for just a bit and then I became a Carl Jung fan and he had made the statement that people tend to become what they ignore or oppose. And I love that statement is that people tend to see their shadow side, even know their shadow side. And so he would talk a lot about that, that it's important to release that. And so what he did, he would steer all of his patients away from resisting the shadow and he would tell them, to take a look at that shadow or some might call it evil or whatever one wants to call it and, and, uh, transform it. Is that what you advise your clients to do? Because lots of people are unable or unwilling, or even they're sometimes they're not conscious that they have a shadow side. Correct. Yes.
2: Yes. I find
1: that people, um, yeah, uh, I like Carl Jung too. Um, and I'm uh-huh. familiar with him from dream interpretation and also um, from anthropology courses and um and I feel that you know this question you know definitely ties in with the shadow self question too, and in my experiences of healing, I you know see this as well, um I find that people sometimes try to dissociate from their shadows. they often feel shameful for certain actions and behaviors or parts of their past. And um, sometimes they try to just, you know, cut away or bury their shadow side and forget about it. But it always sometimes comes back to haunt them. Because, like our fingers and toes, um, I feel that these things are a part of us. And it is a part of our wholeness. And while shadow aspects of self don't serve our highest good, I believe that they can be transformed with conscious, intentional, and deliberate work with love and light and shifting belief systems.
0: So do you give your clients, I know that, you know, you already know that I do my work of cleansing and clearing and all that stuff. When Mm -hmm. you're working with other clients, do you give them prayers? Do you give them exercises? you to help them continue because what makes when you clear a shadow Mm -hmm. um, from an individual what makes that person not pick it up after you clear it exactly Um, yes
1: a lot of times exercises and meditations do um, come through in in the Reiki to um, give, give to my clients yes
0: so they really can't get the clearing by one one time shot lots of times.
1: Um I'm sorry, could you repeat the question?
0: Uh uh-huh. I mean when when a person comes to you because I have healings from you almost mm-hmm. every month. Um and lots of times people don't understand that that you can release a shadow self or you can take that I don't know if you want to call it dirty laundry or that energy away mm-hmm. from that person, but the person that walks out the door sometimes can pick that energy up. So um oh, so yes, I believe that there's sure. a need for a constant clearing somehow, especially in the world that we're living yes. living in right now. Yes, for sure. So I what would agree. you su- what would you suggest? How many times a client would normally come to you then?
1: Um, I guess it it depends um, how much of the shadow self the client um, is is working on, um, their their physical health and emotional and and spiritual well-being. Normally, I recommend um, two Reiki sessions a month and I time them with the new moon and with the full moon because I feel that those are really magical energies of um renewal and rebirth and um and also um clearing mhm
2: uh-huh.
1: and um depending on on you know the client um sometimes i might see them you know just you know for a month and then that might be it for quite some time and then I have some really regular clients that I've been seeing for over a year now, um, twice a month, you know, for over 12 months in a row. Mhm.
0: Mhm.. Hmm. Well, we have a question. I think we're going to go on to that question right now.: Hello, you are on the air with uh, the Pure Help Show. Can I help you? Oh, they went off the air. That's okay. Mm -hmm. Maybe they didn't need their help at this time. Okay, so let's go on. What makes people sick? According to a shaman, according to the work of the shadow of what you do, when you see people who have severe illnesses like cancer or you see clients who seem to be on the guinea pig wheel that goes around and around and around. They just seem that they're not able to get off that. What's going on within uh, them, according to your um, eagle view of seeing shaman energy? What do you see that's going on within the energy system?
1: All right. Um, There are lots of different things um, that can be going on with them. Um, we know that our mind, our body, and our spirit make a whole that is us it's It's a system, and when something is disrupted in one area, it can affect other areas, and often it presents itself in bodily symptoms and so um you know there are things that can be going on in in your current life, you know like stress and and whatnot sometimes. Um, There are things from our ancestry that is, you know, carried on to us, such as um, family curses or things in the genetics. And then um, there's also um, influence, what we're experiencing now. Um, Trying to remember where I was going with that. (laughs) Mm
0: -hmm. But um,
1: as we, okay, as we journey, you know, from one lifetime to another, um, we're still, you know, building up our our lessons and, you know, burning off our karma and stuff. And um, sometimes these life lessons can be kind of traumatic for us, and we can carry the trauma with us from lifetime to lifetime. And also um, um, in some lifetimes, um, such as people who've had lifetimes in Atlantis, um, have had things um, done to their etheric bodies that they can carry from lifetime to lifetime, such as um, devices that are programmed to kind of um, prevent us from from moving forward and the directions hmm. we need to go.
0: Mhm.
2: Mhm. Um, and do then, you share um, that
0: with the individual then, or if it's from this lifetime or other lifetimes, do you share that with the individual? Yes, I do, yes, do. mhm, mhm hmm. so how it's do healing you healing for them to know where it's coming uh-huh. from? Yep, yep, yep. So how do you get out of your way? You know healers when I talk to healers and even like as a channeler, I um say a prayer before I do my work, as you know, as many of the listeners might know that have come to me that I Say a prayer to kind of help me get out of my way. Is that what you do before you do your work to help you get out of the way? That
1: is a good question. Um, uh, yes, um, in my prayer, I do ask that I am a, a channel for healing for the person. And um, I guess it's just part of my spiritual practice in general to be a a hollow bone for the for the universe. And to walk mm-hmm. connected to the divine as well as the three D world and to be a, a, a um an obedient shaman. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep.
0: Yep. Do you believe that people can become shadow free?
1: Yes, I do.
0: Um, and as I,
1: you know, meditate on this question, um, I see that Actually, kind of what ascension is about, um and I view an ascended master as one who has mastered themselves and ha- and that enlightenment is um uh, when a person is so filled with light that there there is no place for shadow anymore
0: mhm mhm mhm, and are you seeing that more and more with this age of enlightening enlightenment right now, are they all of the great teachers and many, many books and many, many blog talks even talk about this great shift of consciousness and and ascension that's going on upon the planet right now is that you believe that more and more, we're going to see more and more people be shadow free then right now? Is that what your perception is? Yes,
1: I I do see that um, happening especially as um, people like Faith center continue to um make it your mission to help people um to learn how to how to do this and give them you know opportunities and and basically you know embrace people on on their journeys
0: mhm 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 i um i'm going to give out a prayer i think with the um work again, this is, um, and maybe I just got Carrie on my mind and soul and heart right now, but she does this clearing Mm -hmm. prayer and gives this out to people who are kind of releasing themselves out from, and maybe use the same prayer, I don't know, but one of her prayers is that I, I deliberately and consciously give my soul and the Christ consciousness permission to take out of my personality, any emotional body, uh, pain that's called anger or fear, doubt, judgments, ego, insecurity, jealousy, and anything else that is no longer needed for me to operate out of in order to perform my mission and my soul contract um, that no longer serves me. I ask that it leave now for my highest good and the highest good of all. Thank you and amen. Thank you and amen. Thank you and amen. Is that like a prayer that you would hand out to people when they come to you or they suggest? What's a prayer, uh, Reverend Jessica, that I can say to kind of keep my energy clear?
1: Yes, um, that is actually the first prayer I say every morning when I wake up.
0: Really and,
1: Good for um, you. Yes. Along with a few of her other prayers as well and um, you know, prayers from other other places throughout the day. Um, I feel like I, I just kind of live life in prayer. But um mm-hmm. uh, when I'm when I'm teaching classes or um when I'm doing Reiki for people, sometimes um information comes through that, Oh, they need a particular prayer or I need to um direct them to this, you know, resource for prayers and um, Carrie's prayer book on her website is actually um, one of one of the resources I, I I send a lot of people to.
0: Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. So this has always been a question that I wanted to ask you, and also I want you to know, Jessica. This is a question that people ask me about you. So when you do a distant healing. And mm-hmm. I say that I am home, like you, you type me that I'm going to be doing a distant healing on you at 1 o'clock. So mm-hmm. I'm home receiving a healing from you. What are you doing at your home? What does it look like? What are you, what are you okay. actually doing at your home? Okay, I will walk you through my ritual. <laughs> okay,
1: love it. All right, first, first I light a candle. Sometimes I even set up an onto Karana grid, you know, with with crystals and a big um, selenite sphere in the center. And um, I I light some sage and I sage my space and I sage myself. um, Depending on um, how much um, shadow my client is trying to shift, I may put on my shaman hat to protect my crown chakra. And then I um, snuggle under a fleece blanket because I get cold when I do Reiki.
0: (laughs) Wow. And
1: um, I use my my index fingers to draw the Reiki symbols on each hand, and I say my prayer, which um, goes along the lines of, um, I call forth the creators of love and light within me and my clients and surrounding us, protecting us and guiding us. I ask to be used as a channel for healing for their highest good and the highest good of the universe. And then I do the Kroish, 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 Sabiat, 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 Adonai, 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 and I draw the the triangles to open the portal. (laughs) And then I um, get quiet and I hold my hands um, parallel to each other in front of me and I just Connect with the person and start, you know, at their crown chakra and move, you know, all the way down to their feet like I would if I was doing Reiki in person with them. You know, working on each chakra and whatever areas, other areas that they um, need work on. And I just set my intent to um, sit back and um, watch how the divine is sending the healing. And um I just um bear witness to it and um take mental note of the messages that come through and and whatnot so I can then um give it to the to the per, to the receiver um you know after I clear the their aura and um finish the healing.
0: Hmm. hmm. Well do you do you uh, ever do a soul retrieval? in this or are um, you just simply taking the shadow away then
1: I really see myself as doing the stuff I just um, hold the space for it so a lot of times I'll be you know sitting there doing my Reiki and then oh here comes their foot <laughs> it, it, oh, interesting. it's like the, the divine does that and I just witness it I don't um, intentionally look oh where where's their missing piece and go out and grab it I just witness the divine doing it at the um, the time that's for the highest good of the client. Hmm.
0: Hmm. And how long does a session like that take for you to work on one individual?
1: Sometimes um, it takes 30 minutes. Sometimes it takes a little longer depending how much work the person needs. And then there are some days I there's something about the time-space continuum where it feels like 30 minutes. And then I look at my clock and it's only been like 15 or 20. Hmm. Um, but hmm. I just um, um, go and, until spirit tells me that it's done. Hmm.
0: Hmm. So if a per- do you only, do you only do distant healing or do you have clients that come to you that you do put on a table?
1: Well, my um, home office isn't um, currently in um, proper shape to see clients in. (laughs) Uh, Though sometimes I do go to um, like the the Crystal Fairs and the spiritual expos and do my work there on people in person on a table.
0: Okay. And and as a shaman, you know, when they say go to the underworld, and I mean, do you use the elementals and the fairies as well as the celestial beings then when you call them in to do the healing of the shadow.
1: Ah uh, yes, um they as well um play a part. Mhm.
2: Mhm.
1: And and it's all, you know, very individual to each healing session. Um so even just for a a single person um like um the the full moon session might be quite different to the new moon session that follows, it
2: Mhm,
1: mhm hmm. hmm. It's just so, what the person needs for their highest good at the time.
0: mhm, okay. what's the ratio do you think of men to women? I know that men are trying to eagerly catch up with things such as uh getting their shadow removed and things like that. But as we've always talked about, and I've always talked about that in the Western world, it seems like um, men have not stepped up in some ways to get shadow work done or even counseling done for that matter, energy work. Do Do you have a large group of men that might come to you or do you see it mainly as women who come?
1: Um, I'd say my 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 current ratio is about one to seven. One man to like seven women.
2: Okay. Um
1: and that of of my regulars. And then when I do expos and fairs, I'd say three quarters of the people there are female. And okay. um when there are males, a lot of times the male the males are the healers. Um, so not a whole lot of males, you know, come through for healing, even at the expos and the fairs and
2: stuff. Hmm.
0: Well, you know, why why do you think that is? You know, even like in my practice at the Hope Interface Center, I'm seeing more and more men um, coming forth. But here at the Center as well, and for many healers that I talk to, it just seems like, um, I, yeah, I don't know. Men have more of a difficult um, uh, difficulty somehow coming up and uh, saying, I need some help with this issue or that issue. Um, um, do you think that that's a role that they've been taught as males?
1: Yeah, um, I think um, Reverend Carol Parrish said it really well in one of her interviews um, with, with you that, you know, men, you know, are really stuck in their role of um, being the material provider. And um, I feel like they're just kind of raised to be anchored in the 3D world and not really consider the the divine masculine. Uh uh-huh. hmm
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And I feel that as they um, become more comfortable with the idea of their divine masculine of self, then they become more comfortable with um, coming to healers and um, spiritual centers.
0: Mhm. Mhm. Well, if you are out there, men, and listening to this, we encourage you and welcome you to come to Jessica and/or the Hope Interface Center and/or. And, or, any healer as we climb into the shift of consciousness here upon the planet. Uh, One of my, what I think is the most important questions that I ask all healers and um, is that how would you suggest a person to look for a distant healer or any healer at all? Because we have so many healers right now. They're all different kinds of modalities. How would you suggest a person look for a distant healer um, or like I said, any healer, what, how, you know, how do the, we know that these people are legit? And because someone said to me, when I refer people to mm-hmm. you, Jessica, I t- always tell them, you know, I want you to know that Jessica's really doing something uh, at her mm-hmm. home on the other side of this healing. But to our listeners and guests, they, how would you have them use their discernment? Okay,
1: this is a great question, and I feel it also applies to spiritual mentors as well. Yeah. And um, yes, there there is an ever-increasing specialization in particular healers, and um, a place to start is to look inward at your own personal needs, um, such as your physical dis-ease, um, emotional dis-ease, or um, uncomfortable patterns that present themselves in your life. Then when you're looking at healers, you look at their specialties and see where your needs and their talents resonate. So So that's the first thing I have you know in mind. and I also feel it's always a good thing to talk to other people about their experiences with healers. And to look at the healer's social media, if they have it, um, this will kind of give you an idea about their personality and their values. And it also greatly helps when um, personalities are compatible, you know, between healer and their client, um, because sometimes um, some um, it can become kind of discordant if and and misunderstandings and miscommunications can occur if um, the personalities kind of clash. And um, I am a big stickler on ethics. And as I'm saying this, I'm not trying to um, put down any other healers, um, but um, ethics are extremely important to me. And every healer kind of has their own ethic code um, based on their values and how um, they they themselves have been trained to do the healing. And so um, um, first on my ethics list, I'm going to try to keep it short, is client confidentiality. Hmm. And that's also a big thing in the state of Minnesota. And it's all well and good if a person, um, for example, shares their experience with their healer, but... I am personally kind of um reticent of healers who openly um talk about a lot of their clients' healing experiences on social media because it's kind of a a, a sacred thing to, you know, touch another person's soul like this. And uh, maybe, you know, some of these healers have consent to share these stories. Um one just doesn't always know. And um Let's see, where else was I going with this? Okay, another important um, ethics thing for me is consent and honoring free will. Mm Because we all have free will. And and, um, for me, it's really important to have a person's consent before starting to do any energy work on them. And I know some healers, you know mean well, you know, sharing goodbyes with people or trying to touch somebody's soul to fix them and and whatever. But um to me, it just seems a little a little invasive, and people you know deserve the ability to say no thanks to to such an an intimate type of contact. And um, you might see this a lot at some psychic fairs, especially. But um, I do value healers who get consent before working on another person's energy field. And um, um, I'm trying to remember where I was going with this. Um, Okay. Okay. But my last tip for picking a healer is to be mindful of your gut feelings about a practitioner. Um, both positive or negative. If you feel comfortable being vulnerable with a healer, then that is definitely a positive sign. Um but also be aware of um reservations about a healer and ways that they make you feel uncomfortable. And that's my spiel. <laughs> mhm.
0: Mm-hmm. So you really it's about if the shoe fits where <laughs> And if the shoe is too tight, be address it. And if the shoe is just not good and it doesn't fit, then just don't put it on. And, and I think that it's, true. it's just like when we go to hairdressers, you know, why mm-hmm. is it that we go to one hairdresser versus another? I think that there's that camaraderie and, um, energy exchange that seems easy and conducive to a good haircut. And I think it has the same thing to do with healing that you have to go to somebody yes, for you sure. trust. Yeah, yeah, have to go to somebody you trust. So so can you share us in ways because there's so much energy going on the planet with the kids on um, the um, border between Mexico and and taxes, and with the climate change, sometimes between fires and earthquakes, with um, people losing jobs and um, changes occurring upon the planet. There and all the technology that there is, there are so many types of energies that are going on upon the planet. So, can you share with us ways in which? our our audience that's listening to you right now, kind of keep clear of all that negative energy that's going on out there in the world right now?
1: All right. I feel like I could write a mini manual about this. (laughs) (laughs) So this might be (laughs) Mm -hmm. long-winded. Go ahead. Yes, there are lots of ways. Um, One, we've kind of already talked about um, using prayer and intention. Um, focusing on keeping our own energy high and to focus on, um, you know, responding to the events around us, you know, from a a heart-centered place rather than um, reacting to them and letting them trigger us. And also, um, when we keep our, our energies high, we exude it to our surroundings. We can also bless the space around us if we're going into some un- uncomfortable situations or places with lower vibrations. Um, Shirley brought up a really excellent um, point about going to the doctor's office and just kind of blessing and clearing all the equipment before it touches you. You know, so, that, huh. so that's kind of a, a fun thing maybe to try during the long waits. <laughs> Uh-huh. And and um we can also take some more defensive routes as well. Um there are different um prayers for protection we can use to prevent um these um outer energies from um you know, tapping courting us and um creating energetic leaks and um I personally teach people to ask their guides and guardian angels to um, surround them in a sphere of white or pink light, you know, so whichever one, you know, resonates with with the person doing the prayer, and um, there are all sorts of types of um, holy objects we can carry with us as well um, that have protective energies. Um, Some people really resonate with holy medals, especially Archangel Michael. And there are other um, sacred symbols as well that people like for protection, such as the pentacle, which um, embodies all of the elements plus spirit. We can also um, carry um, animal products on us, such as fur, teeth, Nails and bone, especially from predatory animals, huh. or even if we have like a cat or dog, we can um, carry a clump of our pet's hair, and that huh. also um, works to keep you know some negative energies away from us, um, especially really? some of the elemental ones. Yeah, huh. and then there's the crystals. Um, I find that people really, really resonate with crystals these days in ways that they've never really connected with them before and a crystal that i recommend for absolutely everyone is black tourmaline Hmm. because um our thoughts um carry a vibration and sometimes even when we when we don't intend to we send energies in the direction of our thoughts and so if so some people aren't very mindful and may be thinking something not so nice. Um, you know, so if somebody was thinking something not so nice about me, I can't imagine them doing that, but if they did, then they'd be sending some yucky energy my way. And what, and what the black tourmaline would do is it would bounce the energy off to prevent us from these psychic attacks. Hmm. So I recommend everybody carry black tourmaline and um, another Protective stone is obsidian, and um, some people swear by rose quartz. Um, lapis lazuli has protective properties, and it's also great for the throat chakra. Um, so those those are some of the, the crystals I suggest for people. Um, I also have a nice list of herbs for people to try. Um,
0: That's the next question I carry to ask, yeah.
1: Yeah, um I carry a little um a little pouch with me everywhere with some of these protective things in them. And in this pouch, one can also put um dried herbs such as sage and rosemary and palo santo. And um there are also people who really resonate with essential oils so instead of carrying the dried herbs one can wear for example white angelica oil blend or um, the palo santo oil and um, or one can even diffuse it you know in a room for for clearing and protective properties
2: Hmm.
1: Um, and um, one more point I would like to point out um, is that these don't just apply to um, stepping out of our home. And as you've mentioned, you know, with all the, you know, goings on everywhere, it's all on the social media, and and we're kind of, you know, really tuned into the internet and the TV, and as we're tuned in, um, we're also susceptible to a lot of the the lower vibes coming through when we watch the TV. And um, so it's Really important that we use spiritual protection you know as soon as we you know pick up our cell phone or turn on the computer and log
0: into internet hmm. Hmm. I know my uh, best friend when she was working here because um, she was on the phone mm-hmm. so so much um she got mm-hmm. something to put on the computer as well as she had something on her cell phone i I don't even know what that was, but She had something on her computer and something on Mm -hmm. her cell phone that would kind of reflect the bad energy that was coming her way. Um, And I, I think in um, Chinese medicine too, don't they use mirrors and Mm -hmm. stuff to reflect that energy away?
1: Oh yes. Um, I personally have a Kua mirror and one of my own windows and, um, a kuomir is a, is um kind of an octagon and they're used in, in China for um Feng Shui purposes to reflect um negative qi um away from a building. And um so I have have one um in one of our windows and um the moment we hung it up we felt an immediate shift in the energy in our house.
0: Hmm. So, so um
1: so it's amazing what one little mirror can do.
0: Hmm. hmm. And where would somebody get something like that? Because I mean, is it is it good for people to buy stuff like that over the internet, or should they go to a metaphysical store, a spiritual store? Or... Okay. Um, like, even I just, the discernment about I just... that I think is <laughs> important. Yeah, I just happened
1: to come across mine in a crystal shop, and the owner was telling me how she very rarely buys crystals online. And the one time she did, instead of getting a crystal pendant that she ordered, these Kula cool mirrors came instead. And so, of course, I saw the Kula cool mirrors and thought, oh, cool, Kula cool mirrors, I could use these. <laughs> Huh. So i I guess they needed to come to me somehow, but um mm-hmm. I guess definitely um use discernment when you go to metaphysical stores um again um everybody kind of has their their own ethic code when it comes to um using energy and and that sort of thing, so if you really don't feel good about going to a particular um Store or fair, then you know just just follow your gut feeling and and maybe stay away from it because it's probably not a um, um a resonant match for you. And mm-hmm. then there are some stores that you step in and you can just tell that um, the owners or the employees are very heart-centered and um, put really good in- intentions into the work they do.
2: Hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: And the same same when, when you're looking online, um, there are lots of um vendors on Etsy who who sell um their special their special goods from um essential oil products to um ritual tools. Um, but um just um follow follow your, your heart feeling or your gut
0: feeling. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hmm. So if our listeners wanted to learn more about distant healings or shamanism, Mm -hmm. what kind of books would you suggest that they look at or read?
1: Okay. Um, I learned the distance part of healing through my uh, Reiki instructional guide um, from the Reiki Blessings Academy. And the distance healing part is like part three of the um, Usui Reiki um, healing healing process, but um, one book that I encourage to all people who are interested in healing to read is um, Ted Andrews' Healer's Manual: A Beginner's Guide to Energy Healing for Yourself and Others.
2: Sure.
1: And um, and this book talks about pretty much everything in, in plain language from what are, what are the chakras, uh, what, what the meridians are, and what they do. Um, it talks about everything as being um, energy and having its own frequency and how we can use frequencies of different colors or sounds and, and whatnot to, to heal people and especially ourselves.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: So Mm -hmm. that's
1: the the one book about healing that I highly recommend to anyone who is um, looking into learning how to heal, heal themselves or others.
0: I wanted to tell everybody who is listening and who will be listening later on because we keep all of our programs on an archive for people, but... This is one of the reasons, again, why I go to Jessica uh, and I um, ask her to do my family members and things like that. Is first and foremost, I know you, Jessica, for your ethics <laughs> and morals and who you are, and that's important to me as well. And I always watch how people present themselves to uh, others and um, mm-hmm. the dynamics of that energetic exchange that people have. Um, with each other. And also you and I are kind of on the same page when it comes to charging people. Um, you know, here at the Hope Interface Center, we obviously are nonprofit and so our, Mm -hmm. um, it's a love donation. And so your, your prices are really, um, reasonable and I love that about you because then then you're able to give access to all people who need help right now. Is that why you have reasonable prices? That
1: is exactly it. Though um, so I did give myself a bit of a raise January 1st, but um, I feel that there is definitely um, a balance, you know, between energy. We we expend, you know, in the process, in the healing process and the um, – the process of um, schedule, the scheduling process and um, typing out the messages and stuff. And then um, there's also the, the, the need to be accessible for um, people who aren't feeling all that abundant because a lot of times when people are dealing with their shadow, an outward sign is that they're experiencing abundance issues. Um, so uh,
0: so yes i I strive to be accessible, mhm,
2: mhm,
0: I love that, I love that, and I know that, um, as I've talked to you about it, I know that lots of people, even mm-hmm. I don't know if I was necessarily accused of being in poverty consciousness, but I have always wanted to and accessibility is a word that I use a lot, um. To Because if this is a God energy, conscious energy of the angels, guides, and holy ones, if we're getting this through the elementals and the fairies and the divas and all of that, I always believe that that's energy that's meant to come through us out into this planet worldwide to touch people, to touch mm-hmm. our world in a way where everyone can have the opportunity to get a healing done. And so all of my listeners who again are listening, this will be listening to this, uh, Reverend Jessica. And do I pronounce your last name right? The bear. Yep. A bear. Thank you. Um,
1: yeah, that's one of those
0: tricky French
1: names. (laughs)
0: Yeah. (laughs) And I want all of our listeners to know that she's, uh, um, A touchable person, and you can relate to her. And um, she has the uh, ability to heal. And um, prices, what I call, are right. Prices are right. And so, if our guests want to talk to you a little bit more, get a hold of you for a long distance healing. Um, how can they get a hold of you, Jessica? You want to let them know your contact number?
1: Okay, so
0: the, the best way
1: to get a hold of me is through my email. And it is intu.tgmail.com, into tarot. And I am also approachable through my Into Tarot and Wellness Facebook page. Um, and I also have a website, but, um, my, um, my spiritual work is going through a bit of a rebirthing process, and so, um, one of these weeks, I am going to, um, give it a new name and, um, change, um, my website and Facebook page name, but, um, if you find me on the Facebook, um, um, it's all good, um. And then um, I'm also open to text messages. Um, If you call me, I can't always answer. I am a work-at-home mom, but um, you are welcome to text me at 507-720-4441.
0: Okay. Any last words for our guests, uh, for our listeners who are listening tonight to you? Any last statements? that you want to share with them as we go off into the ending of this program?
1: Um, I, I guess I don't really have anything. Um, just, I wish everybody the, the absolutely best
0: of today and always.
2: Hmm.
1: And
2: well, thank you for I'm... having
0: me here. You are so welcome. Thank you for being on our program tonight. I hope everyone has learned a little bit about distant healing and about shamanism and like Jessica again gave the book to read and information so please contact her um, and ask her questions and um, and I would tell you that part of my uh, success as a channeler, my su- su- success as a director of a wellness center of the hope interface center has been due uh by the constant removal of the shadow whether it's my personal work or helping people uh help me with the releasement of the shadow and um bringing me back into balance so i thank you jessica for, jessica for being on the air with us tonight and i hope you get You're lots welcome. of phone calls Okay, thank you. And to my beloved listeners, I do want to wish upon anyone out there. I I don't wish anyone to have a descent into the underworld of pain. But if your life has turned you inside out or upside down in order for you to get to know yourself, what a gift. I bless you on that way. And there is help out there for you. There's uh, Jessica's in the world that can help you. My underworld experience of the dark night of the soul happened when I was younger, many years ago. I was an incest victim. I went through a divorce. I went through a death of a child. And so I had to go through my underworld for my, um, uh, it was exhausting, but it was the. sometimes now I look at it as the most gifted parts of my life that brought me on top again into this marvelous, marvelous life. I'm a, spiritual teacher i have a great great uh, husband um i am a mother of five and a grandmother of six and in all areas of my life i'm successful and i believe i created and am creating that now as a clear channel because i did my hard work of clearing my shadow so i encourage you all to release 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 and clear 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 and how important that is and um So I believe my healers, my teachers have helped me put together the many missing pieces back together again. Some of those pieces that I received from mentors and teachers and helpers is my passion, my love for my body, my purpose, my joy, my life. And I had to face my rage as well as my sorrows to get those pieces back together again. I believe in the phoenix process that we go down in ashes but with the help of many many healers out there many many helpers we can rise up from that phoenix process and so it is my prayer for all of you who are listening that if you know of anyone who is now in the shadow of their pain this lifetime and they can get off that guinea pig wheel and they can cure their illnesses they if they want to they can reclaim their life by finding their light and using that power within them. I am so thankful that we've had this opportunity on the air. And I am excited to let you know that our next program is going to be on July 31st, which is always the last Tuesday of every month at 7 p.m. We are going to be on the air live once again. And we are going to be talking to the great Reverend Terry Chapman, who is a conscious channel, For Archangel Michael and the Ascended Masters. She is internationally known as a teacher for the teachers, helping souls master what I call and what she calls this human experience. She runs an organization called the Namaste Center, which is a spiritual education organization. It is a 501c3. And uh, she is a woman who has spoken her truth and And walks her walk, uh, talk. And so please join us next time on July 31st, live with Reverend Carrie Chapman. Until we meet again, I wish you all a wonderful and happy um, summer. We just walked through the great and wonderful summer solstice. And um, so there's so much energy in the universe right now. And I give you blessings and love to all. Namaste, 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 until we meet again. Thank you for tuning in to Pure Hope by Reverend Janice Hope Gorman. And until next time, remember that true greatness consists in being great in the little things. Be kind. Be gentle. Be loving. Be true.